0: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have an awesome show lined up for you today. We have Jason Herring from Syzygy. He's the founder and CEO of this awesome company, and I'm excited to chat with him today. Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning. Glad to be here. Jason, for our listeners, share with us a little about your story, how you got here, how you founded the business, and then we'll dive in and talk about what you guys are doing from a marketing and sales standpoint. It's very interesting. I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. You know, I've always
1: liked getting a product and seeing how we could take it to the next level. My background's pretty diverse. Right out of college, I got on a plane and flew to London. I spent 10 years there, completely off the cuff, no plans. And over there, I had the vision of kind of developing software and getting involved in the software game. While I was there, we created some software for real estate offices and construction companies, basically analyzing the data for job costing. And, you know, this is before the internet. You can just go to a Lowe's website and figure out how much something costs or Home Depot. So we really dialed in a software program that was able to quantify and qualify all the building materials and really by putting in a basic square footage of a property and how many bedrooms, how many chimneys, and you could get the actual square foot cost to build and with that you know we were able to eliminate a lot of overpricing thefts material waste on these jobs and i did that for my mentor and we saved i think 2.7 million dollars the first year and this was right at the dot com boom so that was pretty amazing early on and then we developed that software and then transcended into actually getting involved in the real estate software where we could actually dial in and he had storefronts, glass storefronts, where you could actually use your finger and go onto the storefront and select the different properties. This all seems you know, so basic now compared to the iPhones and everything. But 1999, this was super advanced technology. The plasma screens were so heavy, you had to anchor them with concrete to the floor. I mean, it was crazy. So a whole nother world. And then I kind of came back to America in 2007. Unfortunately, it was the time of the crash. So I got back into my software roots and away from the development and construction world. We're really focused on software for bridging other softwares. You know, what I noticed in the industry, and my father's in the hotel industry and the country club industry is that a lot of these companies would have softwares for their golf. They would have softwares for their restaurants. They would have softwares for their spa and none of the softwares would communicate. So if you went to the golf and you had a foursome the guest experience would be amazing because they would say, Hey, Mr. Herring, et cetera. But when you went to the spot, they didn't know your name. And I figured, How do we bridge these softwares to communicate? So, in all different aspects of a company, you can have that same guest like experience. So, I did that for several years, and that went really well. And that kind of led me to meeting new people. And then from there, being a typical serial entrepreneur. I got into, of all things, coal and clean air technology. We were sitting in a room with some people and they threw this idea that they needed to raise capital. And we've met with this team and we understood their needs analysis. So basically, they had a method of taking a coal plant and going 100% clean air energy with zero emissions. And we actually raised the capital for that. From there, we actually spoken from the United States Senate as a leading expert on clean air technology. So I don't know how that ever happened in my life. That was pretty amazing. And then from there, that led me into the last you know, major endeavor that we're working on, which is the pergola industry. And going back to my father in the country club arena, he had found this product that was a louvered roofing system at, I think, a restaurant trade show. And he was one of the first commercial hotels, restaurants, country clubs to adapt this in a commercial environment. And knowing, you know, what I do with different products, you know, my father said, you should look into this product and see what you can do with it. And we did. And we met with the manufacturer of that product back then, and we figured out a way to develop this product and take it to a commercial market and really drive the traffic to the restaurant industry, the hotel industry, the hospitality industry in general, and globalize on this product. And that kind of brought us to here where we are today. We're part of the manufacturing. The manufacturer has 160 dealers nationwide. We've helped them with process and procedures. Syzygy, is our pride and joy, is a design company that takes the product from start to finish, from design, manufacturing, engineering, permitting, etc. cetera. We've became the global leaders in the commercial arena, and somehow we've done all the celebrity homes. We've so far done a lot of the goats. We've done Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and I've always said we needed to get Tom Brady to have the complete GOAT package, and we just, we're just working on Tom Brady's house in Miami right now.
0: That's incredible. My first question for you, considering like the different paths you've taken, is like, what are you excited about in this business that you're more excited about, like looking at the past business? Because you've been in software and tech majority of your career, it sounds like, but now you've got the product. People tend to like SaaS a lot because of the scalability. You've stepped away from that and go, no, I want to get into the product side of things. What is it about the product side of things that you're more excited about over, let's say, SaaS?
1: Yeah, so with the product side of things, what I really like is being a tech guy and loving raising capital, loving the building industry. This product allows me to enjoy everything under one umbrella. We're constantly innovating, we're constantly building, and we're constantly using technology. You leave at the end of every day very satisfied because with all those different endeavors, we're doing product development. One of the things, the mindsets I've had and I've always had, and I think it's been the key to our success is I have an Apple Steve Jobs kind of mentality. I've never wanted to be the first, but I wanted to be the best. And so we've taken this product, which is a product we did not invent, but we've taken it to a whole nother level. And if you actually read our G standards, you know, it says we take one product at a time and we elevate it. That's kind of what we've done here. We don't even consider competition we're our own competitor we're striving for a level of excellence consistently and we're trying to elevate you know using technology and how we can just overcome different problems within this sector and kind of advance the product using tech and using that kind of visionary thought process so we get to check
0: off a lot of satisfying check boxes every day talk about what you guys are doing in marketing and sales because you all are a little unique and that most people we talk to are relatively siloed in their marketing and sales. But you guys really try to make this almost like one department. Talk me through what you guys are doing there. Having been in the corporate America sector
1: for a portion of my time when I was in the software, I really took that and utilized that time and that knowledge base to create how we do our marketing here at Syzygy. And what we do differently is we've tried to adapt to multiple different platforms. Obviously, we're using SEO, we're using organic, paid, we're using Facebook campaigns and, and all the typical stuff, but one of the things we're very proud of is still to this day, 52 percent of our business is word of mouth. And you know what we really focus on here is we're not selling product. And like I teach my salespeople and I teach anyone coming into this industry, the best closing you could ever have is a closing where you never talked about a product. We're building relationships, and that's kind of how I've proven to myself, you know, being the one that's taken on all these celebrity homes, and I don't know how we did that, I didn't seek to do that but we sold value. We're selling an experience. So when you work with our company, it's start to finish. You're meeting a team. In the construction industry, everyone's always weary. And we love that because we say, hey, come meet our team, come to our offices, meet our staff, see what we do for our team, talk to my other clients. You want to go and have a look at some of our other jobs? Let's go on a field trip. Let's take you out there. And we build relationships. We're involved in community outreach program, giving back to the communities we work and play in so that no one knows how to ever say our name, but we're like, hey, you're those Suzuji people. No one knows how to pronounce it, but no one forgets it. And I love that. And so we really try to not only use digital marketing campaigns and all the different agencies like yourself, but we strive to build those relationships and being people, people. And I think that's been really the key to us because we really, you know, hold people's hand throughout our sales process. And we build friendships and, and partnerships. You know, one of the things I'm very proud of when we go to a client's house and we'll turn business down at this point in our time. You know, we're not chasing dollars. We're trying to make people's outdoor dreams come true. That sounds, you know, kind of corny, but it's really what we want to do. You have a vision and I want to make that vision come a reality for you. And I love, you know, seeing you smile. I think that's what it says, even on our website. You know, when you get to come home for the first time and see that outdoor experience that you dreamed up. And so, you know, we're really out there to partner with people. I'm not working for you. You're not working for me. We're partnering
0: together on your projects. When you're saying this, Jason, like this obviously makes a lot of sense, but being in the industry for so long, where do you see that there's like the biggest gap or biggest mistakes that a lot of people in our industry make as it relates to service, product development, and even sales? Like what are the big issues that you see? A lot of people, especially in today's marketplace, especially in
1: how the world has transcended, I think that the service industry is no longer there. I'm very proud of being a student of my father. Even though I didn't follow his path or his journey, his mentorship to me, being in the food and beverage and the hospitality industry as he was, really was something that I've cherished in all the businesses that we've built. Building that client experience is key. And I think so many people don't understand the service industry. Even being as a consumer myself, going out to hotels and restaurants, everyone's price went up, everyone's quality of food went down, and the service went down. And I think the biggest impact that the industry is having right now, and this is across all sectors of all service-based industries, is that the client experience is no longer existent. Having that Client engagement, the Ritz-Carlton experience, which I'm a big fan of two businesses, Ritz-Carlton and the Apple experience, two experiences that are key. And I think that people just are chasing dollars and they're not chasing customers' needs. We really focus on people's needs and showing that level of care and effort in service. And I think that's what people are just after the dollar. The customer doesn't come first anymore. And I think that's what we do differently here. But, you know, in return, you pay for that. You know, I'm the most expensive guy. If you're shopping price, I tell people you're not shopping at SSG Global. Take your other two bids and, and add 20%. That's my number. But with that, you're going to have a client experience that you've never experienced before. Do they want you more because you say that? Very much so. Before I answer that question, going back to your previous question, what is one of the problems that the industry has? I think that people have a hard time, and I remember this from my corporate days teaching younger salesmen, and I have a lot of friends that own businesses that we talk about this all the time. And if they raise prices in their company, their salespeople put their hands up, oh, we're not going to be able to sell that because the salespeople are selling product, they're selling price. And so very few people do well at this. But when you can figure out how to sell value, how to sell people, how to sell you and not sell products, then to answer your question, absolutely. People want you more and they want to pay more because you're exclusive. Not everyone can have you. And they want to have the experience that their friend had, their celebrity friend had, their Tom Brady had, you know, their hero had. To answer your question, yeah, people want you more. When you hit that emotion with them, when they think they can't have you, is when they're ready to sign.
0: This is a funny question, Jason. Like, you just rattle off a few people, Oprah or Tom Brady as an example. When you throw those names out, do people want your product more? Or is it like a status symbol for people? And like, oh shoot, like I really want. Or is it not? does it not have the effect that some of us might think, I think it's not so much the effect that most people would think. I
1: think what it is, though, and this is what I try to teach and try to instill in my team and in the marketing, your agency and anyone involved in our marketing, having a 1,018 million posts on Instagram, having celebrity endorsements, no one's buying because of any of those metrics. No one's buying because you have 18 million viewers or you have celebrity endorsements. Why I think those things are very important is they show credibility. And credibility is what I seek from those data points. So, you know, we just did a deal recently with the JW Marriott group, and they wrote a check for multiple millions of dollars. No one's going to write you a check for multiple millions of dollars if they don't know you and you have no social media presence. Those endorsements, and that's where I think they really pay off, is they show, you know, wow, these guys are doing it. They did it for them. We can trust them. And it kind of shows that credibility because this thought process I've had, I've always had. But we had to build it, we had to build the brands, we had to build the value, we had to build our portfolio. I always had the thought and the dream, but we had to make it a reality so that that trust could be quantified and qualified by those data points that people can recognize. And
0: I think that's what it really does for us. When you look back in your career, specifically with Syzygy, was there a tipping point? you're like, okay, the brand is really starting to take, like, was there a specific project or a specific endorsement can you can point to? Actually, there's one that comes to mind right away. It was in
1: 2019. What happens in our industry is, you know, we'll work with a lot of architects and whatnot, and you'll get spec'd into a job. So typically, a bid will say a louvered roof. Whoever's bidding that, we'll get three different companies that will call us up and they'll say, hey, we're bidding on this. We need you to price this so we can get our bid. Typically, you don't always get the job because one might be speccing you, one might be speccing your competitor, one might be speccing another competitor. Well, in 2019, we had a huge commercial project. And rather than actually speccing Louverd Pergo, they actually specced Syzygy Global and they put my cell phone number. So we had the job no matter what. And we were actually the go-to product no matter who won the bid. And that was like a point where I'm like, wow, that's pretty freaking cool.
0: (laughs) That's pretty amazing. 2024 is right around the corner. Talk me through what you guys are talking about from a strategy standpoint for your business. Like, what is at the focal point of how you guys are trying to grow and continue to expand your business? My mentor told me a long
1: time ago, from a business point of view, volumes for vanity, profits for sanity. Our goal is not to have 50 extra projects a year. Our goal is to have very decent projects at very good margins, less is more, so we can give that client experience even more enhancement. But double our revenue streams at the same time. So, you know, going after larger opportunities with one focal point, but with a larger top number line revenue and a great margin, just giving that client experience an amazing journey. And one of the things we focused on this year, obviously with my background, et cetera, is we're heavily focused on, we just got back from Dreamforce with Salesforce. We were heavily focused on AI and how we can utilize AI to further our internal process to even make that experience even further. And so it's amazing what you can do with it. I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about chat GPT, et cetera, et cetera. But when you really dive in and see what it can do behind the scenes, when you get some good coders and administrators for this, it's incredible. I mean, you know, one of the things we have to deal with that's archaic in our industry is permitting. You know, it's government agencies. They don't invest in their technology. Some of them do. The others don't. It's all over the place. So we still have to old school call up. Some of them have online portals. So we just got back from a demonstration where they used AI, where the AI experience can actually log into these different municipalities and get you permitting updates. We average about 70 jobs at one time and log in and in microseconds, get me a permitting update on every single job in one snapshot versus that would take my internal administrator about a week and a
0: half. Jason, this has been awesome, man. If someone wants to connect with you and reach out, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Syzygyglobal.com, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y, global.com, three Ys, or they can go to our Instagram at Syzygyglobal.
0: Reach out to us that way and we'll get back out to them right away. Jason, man, thank you again so much for taking time to jump on the show. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, check us out at bambino.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody.